All right, we're live. Hello, everyone. Greg Staley here from Diverge Media, joined by our correspondent, Paul Staley. How's it going? How's it going? Good. <laughs> I was like, wait, is there something wrong with the sound here? All right. So today we got an interesting show. If you can see in the description here, we've linked uh, a bunch of our stuff that we're going to be combing through. I'm going to try to do that more often. So uh, people, if you want to look into this information afterwards, we have it. But just to get started off the top, let's get into some of uh, the stories happening around the area. Currently, Trinity Bible Chapel uh, is kind of going through some things. Um, this was released on April 30th, 2021. They released a through their pastor's blog by Jacob Rayum. Uh, he said, we lost the building and kept the church. So kind of talked about the journey, but he said, today, a court granted the province of Ontario, the authority to take our facility at least until next Saturday with the option of trying to get it for longer by going to court once again this coming week. For some of these uh, of those 11 months in our facility, we have met in contravention of provincial dictates. We have participated in what the public health would consider high-risk behavior, namely the millennia-old tradition of gathering weekly to worship our creator. Not one of, these past, not one of our pastors has ever buried someone who has died of COVID-19. We have around 600,000 people who live in this region. There are 588 active cases of COVID in the region with 32 people in the ICU with COVID. That's enough to deem the public worship of Jesus Christ dangerous and enough for the province of Ontario to kick us off our land and bar our doors shut. So that happening while at the same time, I believe Elmer, was they sought the injunction and couldn't get it, uh, was my understanding. So they went for it and... The judge in their case did not grant that, whereas in Trinity Bible Chapel's case, the judge did grant it. Yeah, why that is, I have no idea. 
from what I've read with this is that they're kind of locked out temporarily though. It's only reviewable next Saturday. I think it said, yeah, next Saturday, but the thought process is that then they will have to go back <laughs> into the courts. Frank, Frankie's being a bit much, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so reminds me, we were recording a video yesterday. I put out uh, something on her page uh, just for people. We were putting out kind of uh, like Paul Ramps style format and we were doing the editing and Frankie's just breathing heavy because Frankie's a pug. <laughs> and uh, so just like watching uh, the dog's breathing pick up in the audio and stuff like that, little problems you don't realize you'll have. And then the neighbor's dog starts barking and different things start getting picked up, but it's always uh, a pain in the rear end. But you can look for that coming later this week uh, in the format. We'll be playing a sample of that uh, that video later for you. And, uh, but yeah, we'll just wait for a second here as Paul gets back and I will continue. Sorry. All good. Yeah, just, uh, moved her further away from the microphone. <laughs> she, she's, she's a good dog. She's just, that's, she's a pug. Yeah, no, she's anxiety riddled. That's kind of the way I see it. This dog is the most lovable dog, but any little sound she hears is just like, what was that? What was that? What was that? <laughs> yeah just her breathing yesterday was picked up on the mic so <laughs> <laughs> challenges you don't realize you're gonna have until you have them pretty much <laughs> but let's yeah. get back uh so we'll move on from that trinity bible chapel did you want to comment on any of that i thought it was interesting they said there's 588 active cases in the region 32 people in icu at time of writing obviously with covid and they say that's enough to deem the public worship of jesus christ dangerous and then enough for the province of Ontario to kick us off our land and bar our door shut. So, yeah, they have the chance to appeal it. But, again, I, I don't think that's normally how that's supposed to go. I would assume it's kind of like you're it's punishing them before they have the chance to go to court. Like, it's interesting because, like, how do they deem this dangerous but not this? And then they never use any factual evidence to back it up. They just do it. And then live with the fallout. Well, take it to court and then kick it down the, kick the can down the road. Yeah. You've seen it on repeat for an entire year. It's just like small businesses are closed. Walmart's not, Costco's not, anything with a lobbyist really isn't closed. And then how do they justify the differences, even though it's the same thing? Like you can argue the exact opposite, just as and use factual based evidence as much as like you're taking the same population and driving them into less stores. Wouldn't it be smarter to actually keep everything open and then people are more spread out. And then you I still have capacity limits on these things, including the church. So I don't, I don't understand how they keep justifying these things. Really. It's just like a couple in, you know, mixed in the crowd or pissing them off. And then they decide to do something about it. And then, they wait until the next one pisses them off and then they do something about it. They can't take everybody down. So they're picking on the, the worst of the lot and then tying them up in court battles as long as they can. So they don't go back to doing what they're doing. That's kind of the way I feel about it and the way I, what I'm seeing and what we've seen for a year. When you say worst of the lot, you mean as in worse for them, like in the government yeah, like it the, makes things know, look bad, too much attention. Yeah, like the ones that are getting all the media attention, the Addison, Adamson barbecues of the world. Like yeah. you saw, like how many police officers on a horse changing the locks, making a big deal about it every single day. And it was like, you know, there was like a couple 
businesses down the street from them. And we're like, well, well, they got that going on. We might just uh, open our doors too. And then yeah. no one cared about that because they didn't, you know, seek out publication from Rebel News like he did. So well, the irony of the hypocrisy of that was Costco's across the street from where his barbecue joint was located. So at the yeah. same time, they're telling him it's dangerous. The food court was open in the Costco across the street. This is the kind of thing that's been going on in Canada. It's, and it's leaving a lot of just regular people shaking their heads and scratching and just going, what's going on? Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, and we're in our third well, yeah. lockdown here. And they do their best to, like, throw scraps at their feet to keep you, you know, not as pissed off as you would be. Like for restaurant owners, it was well, curbside pickup and deliveries are still okay, but you can't dine in. But then you can't upsell anything and no one's buying drinks. And so you are losing money, but it, is it enough to piss you off enough to do what Addison Barbecue did months and months ago? For the most people, it wasn't. It was like, all right, let's just try and keep the lights on until we get the green light. Yeah, so, and I think the issue is now people have realized it doesn't seem like there will be a green light. It just seems like that that carrot that they entice people with to get them to go along in the beginning to the detriment of their businesses and livelihood, that, that carrot's gone. I don't think people really buy that. I don't know how much people are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel when we have similar vaccination rates to a lot of the states in the United States that have opened up and they're seeing declines in cases and they don't have mask mandates and they they're packing people into stadiums and we're shaking our hands here. We can't even go outside and golf. Um, they're, they just gave bridges, um, the golf course in Tilsonburg, Ontario that opened up. It was a $10 million fine. Now I fully expect that to be tossed before it even gets to court probably, but definitely when it gets to court because it is absurd, but so again, are they, the threat is there. Are they going to seize their property? <laughs> is, it, is, that, they'll try. But is that what's the next step is because at, at what point do you just go well 10 million will bankrupt us so what's another 10 million what are you gonna give me another 10 million fine like it doesn't matter i'll just claim bankruptcy and i won't have to pay any of it so what incentive is it for them to stop like oh no 10 million i'm gonna have to pay this like no they're not gonna end up paying it they don't got it they're, no it's just if you know that area every, yeah exactly sorry if you know that area, you know that these guys just expanded a few years ago. So they they would almost definitely still owe money for that. I know they sold the old, um, so they added nine holes most recently. The new nine holes is what they're keeping. The old nine holes, um, they've sold for real estate. So they sold the property for real estate. I think the expansion ate up a lot more time and money and they didn't get the return on investment as quick. Mm. Um, that's just my assumption from what I've heard from people in the local area. Cause we, I've golfed there numerous times. Um, yeah. And it's just, they need money. They're trying to keep the lights on. Like that's all anybody's trying to do here. It's like, like they only have a small window. That is the summertime, right? You take that away from them they're done. Like you don't, you don't make money in the wintertime in a golf course, like unless you're turning it into a ski hill, but they aren't. So they got nothing outside of like, as soon as November comes, they're basically done. Like, so you got November, December, January, February, March, when April comes around, it's go time. Like it's time to start making money. And, uh, you take it away from them and it, 
we're the only place in North America that can't golf right now. And it's one of the safest activities. People are safer outdoors. It's very easily socially distanced. If, if you actually stand by what you're saying about like, hey, outside's good, outside transmission is low, and you stand by socially distancing, and you stand by physical activity being good for your health, wouldn't golf be like, hey, guys, go golfing? <laughs> wouldn't it, it be makes, that? It makes no sense again. Like, hey, maybe the goal is, like, this sounds, this is all conspiracy, I guess, but, like, maybe they just want the, the golf courses to go bankrupt so they can buy up the land. I mean, they're, they have a very, you're, you're nailing it. They have a short season. It makes no sense. Only jurisdiction in all of North America, all of the world, I think that's banned golfing. And you're kind of shaking your head. It's like, none of this makes sense. Even your own science tables, like go outside, outdoor transmission's low, outdoor exercise is good. I don't even like the science table, but like when they're the voice of reason. That's concerning because mm. they have almost no voice of reason. Like, <laughs> guys on that table are gloom and doom you know the captain of team gloom and doom and they all they talk about on repeat is how bad things are gonna get and how ugly it is and i haven't hugged my kids in a year if they're the voice of reason you need to look in the mirror like we're obviously what you did i'm surprised they haven't backpedaled on this one i know they backpedaled on the playgrounds and basically martial law is this not just as ridiculous as the playgrounds? Like, this is absurd. I, I, I don't know what the make of it on other than again, like I none of it makes sense from any standpoint. And like if you put your conspiracy hat on, it's like, well, if they bankrupt the golf courses or a lot of them, then there's a lot of land that will be cheap. I'm sorry, it but it's it's, it's kind of like I don't like saying stuff like that, but like, come on, if we're gonna it, the conversations we'd have behind closed doors without a camera in front of us, this is the, sh the stuff I'd be talking about. Like, doesn't that seem a little bit weird that they're doing something that makes no scientific sense and that is going to bankrupt a lot of these golf courses probably because they're already hurting. And you can't make up your time. If they take away a month or a month and a half, they only now they're restricted. They can yeah. only have so many people in parties. They're not going to – what are you going to do, midnight golfing and set up like strobe lights or something along the fairways? Like, it, no, you can't. So they're out that money. Yeah. It's gone. I mean, if you take away six weeks, you could potentially be taking away 10% of their potential profits for the year. That's or a big more. hit. Like, just on Who six knows? weeks. It's a small season, right? Yeah. And you never know what the season's going to be. We could get snow early. They were hoping to get an early start because they, you know, people want to make money. People, people want to just make their money back. Everybody's been getting hammered. So and golf yeah, if you do like look – if you do look, you know, what conversations are they having behind closed doors? Maybe it is like, because if they go bankrupt, what happens? It reverts back to the bank. I'm crazy though, right? Like, again, I don't even like talking about this because I know how it's going to be perceived. I know people attack stuff like this, but it's like, my goodness, put a thinking cap on. What do they seek to benefit by this? Why are we the only jurisdiction and basically the entire, I think we're the only one in the entire world, definitely all in North America. So why are we doing it? It doesn't make sense from your science table even. And they haven't exactly been rational on the approach to COVID. It's been pretty doom and gloom, shut the economy down. That's been their approach. And even they don't agree. It's like, yeah. well, and then I kind of have to pivot and look at the, you know, the flip side of that and, and consider that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, this government, you know, people, you know, ask 
me, well, why don't you trust the government? And then, well, I mean, how many times have they lied to us? Like the We Charity scandal, SNC Lavalin, the you know ethics violations, and, and then go even back. War, genocide, every human rights violation possible has been broken by government for the beginning of time. No, so no, like, no mosquitoes on me because I got my D uh, D N T. Um, asbestos was promoted. Smoking was promoted. Oh, and by the way, while we're on that, we talked about Bill C-10 in the title here. Obviously, this is why a bill like that is important not to go through. Another one health-related is opiate crisis. They, you know, rolled that out and promoted it as a good thing, and then the Drug Administration basically didn't stand up and say this is worse than what they thought. They just kept pushing it, right? Like... Then you had a whole bunch of addicts and people dying everywhere from uh, using opiates. So this isn't, I would never, never trust your government point blank. You need to question everything. There's a narrative to everything and you just got to figure it out what it is. Even if it's liberal conservative and conservatives have certain viewpoints and liberals have certain viewpoints. So they're going to present things in a certain way that has a certain narrative, no matter what. Um, so do we have any factual evidence to say that's what they're doing? No, but it seems fishy and it doesn't make any sense. And when things are fishy and don't make any sense, you start to wonder, hmm, exactly. what is going on here? And maybe that will come to light at some point. But for right now, it's tinfoil hat stuff, I suppose. Yep, I guess it's all opinion. It's based on just what we know and, and some questions that we have. But again, like it's... If you don't ask those questions, you don't have a healthy society. If you can't ask those questions, you really don't have a healthy society. And yeah. no one's asking questions like this. So, I mean, yeah, let's move on here. Uh, what do we have next here? Yeah, so we're going to go COVID vaccination passport. Hadou says Canada will come up with a certification to allow COVID uh, clear Canadians to travel again. So this was May 1st, 2021, but they're, they're promoting this. Uh, pretty hard and this looks like it's going to be coming down the pipe and why we bring that up because where's the vaccination on the is this one it interim recommendations for fully vaccinated people here it is so this is the cdc's recommendation for <laughs> yeah fully vaccinated people and it says here's I'm sure the we're all following i'm sure we're all <laughs> following it to a t i laugh because i'm like who the heck is listening to this filth outside masking things like that so it's yeah fully vaccinated <laughs> yeah, people but... can visit with other fully vaccinated people indoors without wearing masks or physical distancing visit with unvaccinated people including children from a single household <laughs> i gotta get through these who are at low risk for severe covid19 disease indoors without wearing mask or physical distancing so <laughs> if you need the cdc if you need the cdc to tell you it's okay to hug you know what I mean? Or to right, tell you that it's okay to not wear a mask inside with your friends and family. Like. Participate outdoor activities and recreation without a mask. Ooh, Paul can play outdoors again without a mask. Except oh, in certain Thank God. settings. Right? Except in wearing my mask outdoors. But it's still, <laughs> no, in crowded settings and venues, you still need to wear it. <laughs> it says resume domestic travel and refrain from testing before or after travel or self-quarantine for travel. Uh, after travel refrain from testing before leaving the united states so, oh and this is this is what you were talking about refrain from testing following a known exposure if asymptomatic oh so they're not going to forcibly test them 
with a uh, with a known uh, problematic PCR test with no symptoms now because they've got the COVID vaccine, they don't need to. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, we're going to get into that, but let's just open this up and have some debate before we rip open the can. Yeah, it's just like I posted this on Facebook that it's just like kind of a convenient narrative now that these PCR rates are changing for vaccinated people. <laughs> yeah. Well, where to go? Where to go? Here's that's the interim. Here it is. So, do I have the screen share still up? Here we go. So, this is the COVID 19 vaccine breakthrough case investigation. Basically, it just says objective investigate SARS CoV 2 inv uh, infections among people who received COVID 19 vaccine to identify trends or clustering in demographic, the administrative vaccine or sorry the administered vaccine or the infecting virus basically they're trying to follow re, uh, infections after vaccines but here here's the catch respiratory specimen for uh, SARS-CoV-2 sequencing specimen selection clinical specimens for sequencing should have an RT PCR cycle threshold value less than 28 so bring that up because now this is the former this was their old advice uh, page 37, let's remember that. CDC, novel coronavirus real-time PCR diagnostic panel. So we come down to page 37 uh, out of 80. And they say all clinical samples should exhibit a reaction that crossed the threshold line within 40 cycles. So they had a cutoff of 40 cycles. But now if you're testing for re uh, as somebody who's been vaccinated, they're going to lower that threshold, making it much more difficult to test positive because it's tens of thousands of less applications. And, and so they're dropping it from 40 all the way down to 28. So all of these false positives of people that you can see how this is problematic. And by definition, it will likely make the, you know, what look more effective. Apparently we're getting, yeah. we're getting uh, just, if anybody can comment on this, your screen your stream is getting grabbled, FYI. I'm not sure what that means, but bleeped out every couple of seconds. So who knows? I, I have a feeling we've had these conversations that it, eventually they will come for us. And uh, we're going to have to figure out alternatives to get our message out. So look for us on Rumble and things like that. But, Paul, you want to take this away? Um, yeah, no, like I said, I posted this. Well, we, if you go back and listen to our live streams maybe six weeks ago, yeah, I, I predicted this. I just said, yeah, it's once the vaccine, the va this is a vaccine campaign as far as I'm concerned, is that Israel did the same thing. And there was a doctor online pointing this out that Israel, um, when they had their large massive wave while they were like ramping up vaccinations, um, they had a massive spike. It was this next wave and it was going to be the mother of all waves. And oh, oh, by the way, we also have vaccines. Come get them. So it was like this convenient like storm that was just like, basically a vaccine campaign well canada must have took a note because we started hearing about israel a lot which was weird when yeah. did you ever hear about israel unless it's negative right and then uh at that point when they were doing that i think we were at like one percent vaccinated not even fully you just like at all For sure. we, hadn't, we hadn't vaccinated anybody um so they did that for like six weeks five six weeks and then all of a sudden nosedive and I haven't been able to look in further what their PCR rates were, if they adjusted them. But like like I said, like over a month and a half ago, I predicted that, you know, they'll roll it out, vaccinate a whole bunch of people, change the PCR rates, boom, the pandemic's over. 
I'll just say, look, vaccines work, come get them. Especially now that we're getting to the younger crowd where they're half, they keep calling it vaccine hesitancy. I don't think anybody's hesitant. I think they just don't care to get it. Like you, yep. you're young, like rather unaffected by uh, COVID if you're in good withstanding health when you contract it um, outside of these outliers, like these anomalies. Like it's not, you can break down the the stats from the Ontario website and see that like, you know, under a certain age, it's like death is almost like winning the lottery, a bad lottery, but like it would, the probability of it is very, very low. Well, so I just think there's not a lot of interest and now it's like talking about a fourth wave, which probably is never going to come. And then based by these PCR rates, it's probably not going to come if they continue to test like this. Um, well, that's what's so stupid about this. Like, somebody was trying to defend Doug Ford's actions. Like, he's backed into this corner, and it's Section 20. They try all this stuff. Stop claiming emergency orders. Stop doing that. And you could literally end this thing overnight just by changing the requirements. And every, like, man, the science table could come out, and all the mouthy mouthpieces that would come out and go, wow, you can't do that. All people. It's like, yeah, you know what? And here's all these experts nine ten months ago even in the new york post wrote about it our new york times your covid test is positive it was new york times your covid test is positive maybe it shouldn't be because your cycle they're talking about cycle thresholds being too high and they thought they thought 30 to 35 max but they said 25 to 30 is the ideal or below 25 ideally but we know and i brought this up again i'm going to pull this up because i'm not going to stop promoting this study but when you know things like this, like Paul, we've gone over this how many times, right? But this was quoted yeah. in Portugal. Find, um, this this is CDC study, right? This is clinical Oxford Academic. This was posted okay. in, but they also referenced it in a Portugal court case uh, for PCRs not being the the sole diagnosed uh, diagnostic tool. Basically, they said you'd have to get diagnosed by a physician instead because this wasn't a reliable form. But we'll read right from here. Uh, where are we going? Results, notes, wait, where are we at? Like if you're new to listening, mm -hmm. you got a bunch of catch up to do and we'll try and just like drop these nuggets. Cause like there's, they've been telling us one thing publicly and then doing studies behind closed doors and releasing them that say the exact opposite for like a year now. and. There it is. They already said 97% false positives at a certain rate. And then they even went in further and said, I think it was 70% um, of deaths were falsely reported anyhow from COVID. So like deaths are crazy low and case counts are crazy low if you take that into consideration, right? Yeah. So it says here it is. There it can be observed that at a cycle threshold equal to 25, up to 70% of po uh, patients remain positive in culture. So that's 25 or under. 70% of people will have something that's infectious. When that number gets to 30, a cycle threshold of 30, this value drops to 20%. Only 20% remain positive at 30. Do you see the difference here? So when they drop that to Massive. 28, right? They drop that so to 28. Well, and every thousand let's finish cases. It here. 35, it drops to less than 3% that remain positive. So when they drop that from 40 to 28, can you see what that would do? Yeah, so from even from 40 to what was it, 25 or 30? Yeah. It was a 50% reduction. 
every thousand cases knock off 500. So what are we at case wise right now? We'd be at 1500 ish, 2000 ish. Yep. In between, between those numbers, which means we wouldn't be in lockdown because when we were at those numbers, we weren't in lockdown. So again, this is like, I keep saying that this feels like a vaccine campaign because we know this, we've studied it, we've funded studies like this, we've tested asymptomatic people, we know the results, we tested um, healthcare workers in their work setting who dealt with COVID patients and it was, I believe it was a 0.16% positivity rate on asymptomatic individuals. So they know, they know well that this is all, and you run it at these rates, they know, and they know asymptomatic spread isn't a thing and they continue to do it, it feels like a vaccine campaign, like go get your vaccine. You can get your vaccine if you want. I'm very pro-choice. Do what you want. Get your information. Read about it. Know what you're getting. If you're comfortable with it, get it. If you're not, I haven't been given a lot of reason to be like overly confident in reasons why I need it and why I should get it. And then you're not you're dangling this like freedom talk, but I'm not getting any freedom anyways. Like if, if the freedom is I don't have to wear a mask inside with my family members, I'm already doing that. <laughs> so like, I hate to point that out, but like, I'm not a crazy, I'm not a, I'm not a Fisman clone who hasn't hugged his kid in a, a year. So <laughs> thinks I that's normal. If true. Well, I, from what I've heard, he's not hugging his kids because his wife or ex has custody. So <laughs> oh. that's what I've, the whispers are online. I can't say that's true, but like <laughs> he's that's obviously awesome. a kook. If that's like who you're getting advice from is the guy who's like, oh my God, climb into a hole and stay there. Like, but they're giving me no freedom. They just, this feels like a vaccine campaign. And there's numerous studies that our own government has funded and done on our own citizens amongst other country citizens that they know they know what the results of these will be well one of the things that's interesting back to the fda document here okay so we talk about high cycle thresholds but it's not just that so people where did the flu go where did all these other viruses go i i say i in my hospital overrun hospital article that COVID has become the convenient basically scapegoat i don't say it in those words but it has become the scapegoat for an old problem but let's read from this fda document here it says detection of viral rna may not indicate the presence of infectious virus or that 2019 ncov is the causative agent for clinical symptoms stop so it may not hey you had a positive test it may not be infectious and it may not be covid that's the causative agent for your clinical symptoms that's one number two this test cannot rule out diseases caused by other bacterial or viral pathogens. Everything's it, COVID yeah. now. It also everything's can't tell COVID. It can't tell if it's live or not either. So it's, well, it's again, just I'm, a, I'm it's crazy, just a, but I just read from an FDA document. Let's just reiterate that. That's an FDA document on the guidance of this test of Corman Drosten protocol. It's the same, similar ones that we're using here, different tests, same protocol design. Okay, so yeah, and it, it, less and less people are calling us crazy because, like, it's pretty easy to just point to these documents and go, what does this mean then? And then no one has any answers for you. They just, like, walk away, right? Like, but, yeah, no, they, they're well aware of what testing asymptomatic people will do. At one point they had, uh, in Ontario, they had mobile vaccine or uh, testing 
units drive around the GTA area to test asymptomatic people. Yep. And then I keep saying vaccine campaign. We were testing, I think you posted it, but it was like 91,000 per 100,000. That's what we were testing. It was, they've done like, I don't know what it was way back for per se. It was like 333,000 months ago per million people in Canada. And it's it's only gone up. And yeah, it's insane, so. <laughs> right? Like, and then knowing that asymptomatic false positives running it at that CT rate, like, you, you would think reasonably believe 50 to 80% of these people aren't actually COVID cases because a test can't diagnose you, a physician needs to. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why all of a sudden the first time in mankind we've allowed a test to be like, yeah, you're sick. Well, and telehealth has taken over. It's impossible to get into a doctor now. And Well, I just found out because uh, I was just, I, I think I just needed an ear flush from wearing earplugs all the time. Yeah. Um, and I tried to go to a walk-in clinic. They're not even open. Walk-in <laughs> clinics, not even open. How is this so, like, how do you justify that, right? How does that make any sense to people? We laid off 97 nurses at Sunnybrook Hospital. There's another one. In the midst of a pandemic, this is what your government does. And then you point to me because you've been gaslit to tell people. Anytime someone says, hey, I don't know about these lockdowns, you made to point to me and say, look at the bad guy. Point a finger at the bad guy. Meanwhile, this is the stuff your government's been doing, and we just keep pointing to it. I don't know what but to do anymore. You keep talking about limiting exposure. So now what do I do? Do I go to the hospital to get my ear flush when I don't really need to? And knowing that I can go online right now and I can check ICU capacities for COVID and know for a fact that there's positive cases within that hospital. So you want me to limit exposure. You've closed my local walk-in clinic. Yep. And now when I go into the hospital, I'm exposed. So like, what, what message are you actually trying to get across? Like, I just don't get it. This is why free speech is important because they want to be able to censor if it is against the social cohesion. Not my words, Stephen. Like there, there's governments out there that are going to get there. Well, they are. I think it was Germany. Don't quote me on that. That they got found out that they handpicked a bunch of doctors and scientists and researchers that fit the narrative that they wanted right from the onset that like, Hey, we need to scare the crap out of people. So we need respected guys who have like degrees to get on board with like, here's the worst case scenario. Oh my God, everyone's going to die type stuff presented. So everybody's like, Oh my God, we need to do something. And they buy in and they were found out. So like when you, Question, it's very easy for a government to just like hand select. Like I find it very convenient that we have over a thousand health, uh, on Ontario health reps um, at the government level. And we hand picked a whole bunch of people from U of T and they all kind of think the same. It doesn't that seem a little odd. Like again, like, Hey, I put on my tinfoil hat, but like, wouldn't you want a 50-50 split of guys who are saying yes, no, and then you can present the the yeah. options to the rep and your, your government or your politician and say, okay, let's make a decision. We need to do something so we don't hit this, but this is probably where we end up in the middle. But they did. They hand <laughs> more than just yes, no, you want like, why aren't child psychologists on the board? Why aren't economists on the board? Why aren't 
I mean, go down the list. Uh, society why, is why more than we... this, right? Like, it's not just healthcare. Society functions more out than just healthcare. So why not represent it from outside of just that? Why did uh, when Ontario's um, what's his name? Hillier? Hillier? That Hillier. was um. <laughs> no, not him, but uh, who was helping with the oh. vaccine rollout with Ford, who, re who retired because the criticism. We replaced him with a doctor. Why do we need a doctor to ship vaccines? Like, if I came to you with a problem said I need a product out as quick and as fast as possible and in a large area, find me a guy for that job or find me someone for that job. Who would you go find? Would, would yeah. a doctor be? You might. You might go. You probably go to the like, pharma care, but you'd find somebody in logistics that you wouldn't get. A yeah, doctor you would find there. somebody who who either you'd hire two because it's vaccine distribution, and they can get you up to date on how to handle these and how your trucks would need to handle them and how you unload and load them because there's they definitely have like temperature is an issue with these. And then have him work hand in hand with somebody who knows the logistics games, who can knows how these things work, knows how the paper trail works. No, like you know, like an Am the head of Amazon, yeah, or something like that, because yeah, these guys love their big business. Somebody who has the infrastructure there that knows to actually how to deliver something quickly. Like we hired a doctor to deliver things quickly. Is essentially what happened. And it's like none of this makes sense. I don't know. I guess you need a medical degree to ship things in a truck now. <laughs> when you put it that way <laughs> but all right let's i'm gonna we're gonna shift here let's shift to bill c10 this is national post full-blown assault on free expression inside the comprehensive liberal bill to regulate the internet calling down the draft bill specifically included a clause exempting social media while the government was looking to regulate the internet it didn't want to bother with anything uploaded to online undertaking that provides a social media service by a user of the service so this changed and it says we're not particularly interested in what my great uncle posts, but in a house of commons heritage committee meeting Friday, the social media clause was deleted when confronted on the change. Giebolt said that it was always their plan to regulate online platforms that act as broadcasters, AKA diverge media. FYI, this would apply directly to us. So let's shift here. This is AKA uh rebel news aka true north or, AKA, yeah. yeah everybody who is the post millennial right now. national or uh the national telegraph yeah everyone be gone we'll be gone we'll be gone because sure. again Blood. they say against the social cohesion so if you i mean under that definition you could make anything go basically it sounds very communist like i hate throwing <laughs> words like that around but it's like basically it's groupthink like Think what we think, say what we say, and if you don't, you've gone against the social cohesion, so we can't allow it. We'd be joining the company of China and Russia, enough said. Only other two countries to do this kind of thing in the entire globe, okay? And enough I find it weird. Said. I find it weird the United States hasn't piped up and been like, what are you doing, Canada? <laughs> you know, you're like, I've, I've often they wondered that. To, they're not like looking and like, kind of like, <laughs> They love to like, be scared of Russia, China, and keep a very close eye on them. Like, but maybe they are keeping a very close eye on our government, and they're just not being vocal about it because we're such large trade partners. But like, nobody's surprised. Canadian, eh? I'm surprised 
like somebody has been like, yo, we need to watch what's going on over here because this is a slippery slope here. Those maple syrup loving Canadians aren't all sweet. You need to keep an eye on them. <laughs> Sorry, let's get this video played. All right, Stephen Gibble, everyone. <laughs> here we go. The bill is about ensuring that these platforms that act like broadcasters pay their fair share when it comes to Canadian culture. So we'd have so to pay taxes. It's about spending obligations, spending requirements. It's not about content moderation. So I, I, I'm going to flip the question for a moment here, Minister, because it was important enough to put that exclusion there in the first place. Now it's gone. Why was it important in the first place to put it there? Con <laughs> We're we're not interested. I mean, it's not it's not what the I, bill is about. I mean, I, I hear you saying it's you're not, not interested, simply... but there literally was an exclusion that was put in the original iteration of that bill. The thing that was reviewed, and then it got to committee, and bingo, bango, bongo, the exclusion is gone. So bingo, why bango, was it bongo. important to put it there in the first place, <laughs> such that now the the committee has removed it? Well, I mean, the the, the committee decides what they want the bill first of all the committee hasn't even finished doing it doing its work in, in, in terms of of, of uh, 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 sorry i gotta pause it just because uh this might get taken down for algorithm reasons cbc i believe had the the footage this is on twitter though the amendments so so we don't have a full picture of what the bill will, will look like when it comes back when it comes back to the to the, to the house of common for for third reading would um, you like to see the exclusion back in there it's not necessary. I mean, so so if it's not necessary, was why was it there in the first place? Well, you know, we've we've worked on this for for, for many months. We, we 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 came up with what we thought would be the, the the best possible bill. But 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 bill can always be perfected. They will be amended, and it, it's not the purpose of the bill. So it's not required to be there because I mean this again this this idea that the crtc would would start looking would start doing content moderation is has has no basis in reality in, in its 40 years of existence it has never done yeah, that yeah they've the, never done that eh but they, they can content on radio. never done that yeah. eh why no, would we and, ever and, moderate content even though we're doing it currently on the radio well, this guy gave nothing i'm surprised this is a good uh, interviewer FYI, yeah, I was, I'm just gonna give gonna give him his props here because he did a great job of just okay. being like, well, why was it there in the first place? That's the first time. Like CBC, I don't really, I don't enjoy CBC because it's just a tentacle of the government. But he did a good job. Yeah. I think that at this point, this is a layup for the conservatives that they can just be like, we're gonna smash this out of the park. It's if we get elected, this is gone. And then this point, there's your layup. You're you're walking right into a probably a majority. Because people can are you, outraged. Can you believe Jagmeet Singh is 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 talking about supporting this garbage? Yes, like, I can because he is an idiot. He's an empty <laughs> shell of a human being, isn't he? Like just just no backbone, like man. But like I don't. What I don't get is like what is the NDP's stance on anything? You're just liberal lights at this point, or a liberal <laughs> extremist. I'm not even sure. But like, if you ever want to be a party right. worth anything, you need to like stand for something or you're falling for everything because it seems like you're falling for everything you just become in cahoots with the liberals and everything they want you want too and then maybe they're like patting you on the back and give you some liberties behind closed doors for it there's got to be an angle because like 
it doesn't make any sense. Like obviously the angle for the conservatives is to like fight the libs because they're they don't want anything to do. They've been the the counter liberals for how many years, and that's got them to where they are. But like when you like, what's the angle for an NDP to just side up, side, like, you know, saddle up with the liberals over and over again? So the they're liberals broke. can get reelected, like. Yeah, the only argument I've heard is that they were broke after the last election because they got their rear end handed to them quite a bit, actually. And and then for the conservatives, they're not really pushing because they're polling like terribly right now. And so, it, yeah, but that like minority government's just as strong as a majority right now. The yeah, that pretty much that's what it is because like you factor in the NDP just you know doing everything the liberals want. They basically have the majority, but like. Conservatives are polling. Uh, the last I saw, they were like tied with the Liberals, and we haven't started a campaign yet. Once the campaign starts, things change quickly. Yeah. Um, and the smear campaign on the Liberals has already wrote itself. Whether whether they go that angle, I think it's going to get out there anyhow. It's wrote itself, right? Like with the ethics violations, stealing from we we charity. Let's just call it that because it is stealing. You're ste- giving handouts to people with zero credibility within your own family to give speeches as if they have anything to offer of value when they speak. Like that's just zero speaking experience, zero education to back what you're talking about. Well, they're gonna pay them to go speak because why? They're a relative of someone. Like that's insane, and you didn't offer this up to anyone else and handed them millions upon millions of dollars the blackface uh not denouncing genocide in china uh you're not even a feminist anymore everybody's aware of you're not a feminist he even said well we're a feminist party because of this person not me like that was his latest justin trudeau's latest uh debacle um and then just to try and censor free speech and then now all the clips are coming back of him saying how great China's, uh, you know, how great it is to be the Chinese government because you can get things done so quickly. So like, the As smear talk about is already written. <laughs> yeah, it's right. already written. I mean, so, it's it's unbelievable though. It, there's a certain people. Okay, let's talk about this, and then we'll we'll shift here. But I feel there is a certain amount of people that were just so conditioned now. That if somebody starts talking a certain way, they immediately come at you as a conspiracy theorist or this or that. But when we look at what's happening with Trudeau and how he's handling things, what's going on with Bill C-10, and the fact that this guy says, I admire China's basic dictatorship, and then all the Aga Khan scandal, SNC, Lavalin, We scandal, blackface not three times, but maybe more. They're not sure how many times. Uh, Vance knew about Vance, it seems like. Yeah, knowing about what's going on and then still putting the guy in a position, like, but apparently didn't know. Like, like he doesn't believe in equality. He believes in equality. We've seen that numerous times that it's just about me, 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 me. What the liberals want, what my family wants. That's all we've gotten out. Like, I've said numerous times, and I stand by it, he is not a good human being. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't see how you do these things in good conscience and, like, look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. And maybe that's because he doesn't have a conscience anymore, and he's so far in that this seems normalized to him. Sunny ways, right? (laughs) Like, what what would you say to a friend of yours who, you know, wore blackface, wouldn't say that what's going on in China is genocide, um, covered up a sexual assault, um, stole money from a charity? So you know all these things about 
you know, let's say a friend or a peer or a coworker. They're never. Are you gonna so? Are you gonna associate with that person after that? Like, I only need one of those to be like, yeah, no, I'm good. No, and if you even and- have the perception <laughs> that their dirtiness from what they did would rub off on your public perception, you would bury them publicly. Like for sure. character, character assassination is what I'm referring to. Which is basically the conservatives have been fighting for the we charity stuff to come to light they've been fighting for every all these things to come to light because why would you want to represent the country with someone like that that is not what canadians are and that is not what canada is and i want him to do nothing with canada at this point i'll make that very clear i don't care what people think of my opinion it's my opinion and i do not side with anyone who is of that character nope and anybody who goes along with it, Jagmeet Singh, he can screw himself too. If you want to side up with them, that's what you represent now. Like that's my, hey, this I'll is, just come on and say it. That's my opinion and I'm allowed to have it. So <laughs> screw them both. You need to have some character. You need to have some morals and it's long past due. Canadians finally said enough. We demand that kind of representation in politics. And there's few and far in between that are good people. And I know that because who's been standing up and trying to have an open and transparent debate. Everybody bought the government narrative hook, line and sinker and refuses to come out and acknowledge things like the Lancet saying lockdowns don't work, refuse to acknowledge things like child psychologists coming out and say mountain of evidence that children are being harmed by this mountain of evidence that businesses are on the brink can't handle any more debt but let's keep pushing right and on the fr- on okay so and all that and we blame this like it's a new issue but let's shift here as uh, we covered or as i covered this is a recent article of mine this is nothing new and i am sick and tired of people pretending and politicians and media pundits who are part of the narrative and just conveniently forgot Acting as though hospital uh, hospitals being overrun in Canada is a new problem. It's not a new problem. Healthcare has been an issue for a long time. And to allow that to be the reason to shut down society is a really crappy reason, and it's not going to fly. Anyways. We even been- look at Ontario. We've been under 25 deaths a day for a while, and we shut down the entire, like, half the province's economy for, like... How is that beneficial to everyone? Like public health has eroded all trust. Their <laughs> job is to look at all harms. They're not. So, I, and it's because of this government is pushing them to only look at one harm and that's COVID. And I, I don't know what's going to be the end game here. Um, and what is going to happen to these individuals who did this, but it's coming. There's a lot of legal, uh, paperwork getting filed and something is going, somebody is going to be held responsible for basically straight up medical neglect at this point. I mean, I see like, you know, people, Oh, where's your solutions and stuff like this guys. We're human. You think we just got all the answers. We're just a bunch of other humans who are putting our finger on the pulse of what's going on and sharing that out through our, I could give you a couple ideas uh, (laughs) that would definitely work better. Because like we've seen this for a year, and we understand limiting mobility based upon uh, a modeling projection that has been wildly inaccurate for a year seems irresponsible and downright criminal. Like limiting mobility doesn't—it hasn't helped. Like I said earlier, keeping all businesses open, you would spread your population out more. Social distancing seems to help in some capacity, whether you believe that or not. It it has. There's studies that somewhat support masking at 1.8%. 
So it kind of helps, but I would still even go further to say, you don't really need it unless you're indoors in a crowd. You know what I mean? Like outdoor, you're pretty safe. And outside of a crowd, you're you're completely safe if there's no one near you. Like, and why do I need to watch if you're people driving their cars? If you're generally asymptomatic, I don't think it's an issue. Like, again, 10 yeah. million people in yeah. China tested. I don't think we need to worry about a mask. But the issue is you have people that don't listen to themselves and they'll have symptoms and they'll go out. That would be the argument, right, on the flip side? Yeah, for sure. And it's it's those individuals. But, again, like I said this, even in my own workplace, people are like, well, like, you know, you got to understand you don't want to get anybody sick. And I'm like, where was this? Same yeah. energy last year when people showed up half dead with the flu to work and got everybody sick. You didn't care yeah. then, and that killed grandma, but I'm supposed to care all of a sudden that you care? Like, no, I'm sorry, but your your narrative for, is ridiculous. Like, if you're sick, stay home. Don't be an a-hole all the time, not just during a pretend pandemic, it seems. <laughs> Well, let's go like from my article, 2011 patients transferred from Ontario hospitals and flu response. 2011 CTV wrote that Deb Matthews, the uh, Ontario health minister said some hospitals that can't take any more patients are transferring people at, at their hospitals. They also said they're doing everything to prevent the postponement of surgeries as the flu season tightens its grip on Ontario. So postponement of surgeries is also a concern. 2013 norovirus and hospital hospitals overwhelmed with flu and norovirus. They said, uh, hospitals overwhelmed by flu and norovirus patients. The article goes on to describe the state of the various conditions. It says that many Edmonton hospitals are operating at more than 100% capacity because of the surge of patients needing admission. In Calgary, occupancy is above 100%. Okay, 2014, nasty H3N2. Uh, flu season worsens as cases rise across Canada. The holiday season didn't help, it said. In some parts of Canada, cities have reported overcrowding in emergency rooms. They continued by saying that Montreal health officials opened seven flu clinics to deal with it. Uh, continuing on here, Christy Clark blames Abbotsford Hospital in BC problems on bad flu season. Premier Christy Clark is blaming the issue of overcrowded emergency rooms like the one seen at Abbotsford Regional Hospital on bad flu season. Uh, talked about nurses working 16-hour shifts and being burnt out. 2017, Ontario Hospital sound alarm over potential flu season capacity crisis. Okay, so Ontario Hospital Association said wait times recorded this summer were the highest since the province began tracking nine years ago, and they were on par with the peak of the flu season wait times normally seen in January and February. So peak flu season times seen in the summer, 2017, Ontario Hospitals. The OH8 NCO pre uh, president, Anthony Dale, wrote in a statement, many hospitals have operated through the summer under very unusual and worrying surge uh, conditions. And continuing on, 2018, hospitals say spike in flu cases across GTA leading to dangerous overcrowding. So they're operating at on top of a system that is already operating at or over 100% capacity. They talk about they're bringing in more people from this spike. They said, uh, yep. ER doctor Brett Bellich, you see patients being treated in the hallway and you just have to make that choice, basically. Yes. I mean, like, again, if people want solutions, um, my suggestion would be make the RPN program free, cap your uh, admission, right? Like you obviously don't want everybody 
you got to like jobs become RPNs because at some point they wouldn't be able to find anywhere for me to be a waste of time and waste taxpayer money, but you'd have to cap it. So that would add an influx of help into the hospitals. Um, I would also offer additional courses to your current um, employees to get them more educated and specifically in mental health um, because that needs addressing. It's becoming more and more and more and more and more expensive every year to deal with this issue um, because problems are arising. And then cross-train your current individuals. And um, I would also suggest that we need to build one or two more hospitals in the GTA, Hamilton type reason, maybe even Windsor as well. And then, um, yeah, like on, on top of that, like if you really wanted to take it another step further, because in terms of developed countries, we have the longest wait times that would alleviate some of it, but like, let's privatize some, mm-hmm. throw a GTA hospital in that's private, throw, you know, maybe one in London, Hamilton, or again, Windsor, that's private that you can kind of circumvent the lineup and get your most extreme cases that are like, yeah, no, I'll pay for it because I'm in bad shape here. Um, mm-hmm. Give them that option. And then also that would alleviate the hallway of medicine because people will just be like, well, I don't want to wait in line. I'm just going to go here and I'll shell out a couple bucks just to make sure I don't have to spend six hours waiting in the hall- hallway to see a doctor. So yeah, if you want solutions, I just gave you a bunch that you could, you would have a hard time saying those things wouldn't work. So yeah, this is like been an issue for a long, long time and no one wants to address it. We've just kind of like throw these articles out and life goes on as normal. And I, I want to go back to what I said about a pretend pandemic, because I know people will rip me apart for that. The reason I say that is because in 2009, the definition of a pandemic willy nilly got changed to exclude deaths. And if we were actually factoring in death percentage into this, we wouldn't actually be in a pandemic right now. If you wanted to consider a global virus as a pandemic, we're in a pandemic every day of the year, every year, because cold and flus are in numerous countries at all time and they are contagious. So, and they have exponential growth during certain seasons. So, yep. Yeah. So that's why I say that. So if you want to rip me apart for that by all means, but I stand by that statement based upon those facts. All right. We got a little clip of something that will be coming out later this week. We're working on editing. This is Paul Staley uh, going through his rant that <laughs> this is where I paused it. You like that, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Terrific screen grab there. You're welcome. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, these restrictions, they're about as dense as JT's budget proposal. I mean, I can't buy kids clothes, but I can buy dogs clothes. Hell, my dog can go get its hair cut, but I can't. And I mean, and look at this. I got a Florida follicle fountain flowing out the back here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go so we're working on editing that it's gonna <laughs> we're gonna be uh trying to do this semi-regularly having these rant sessions i don't know how much of a regular piece it's gonna be it's a lot of work but uh again i think one of the best things you can do you talk about solutions get the culture changing get people laughing get people talking about this stuff because humor cuts that like nothing else i mean yeah it, then, uh, it's important you and Brodjik are pretty professional journalists, and I am not, so I don't really care. 
drop some f-bombs here and there and kind of make fun of people um i took shots at conservatives and liberals and health ministers and health reps so like no one was off limits so it's not like i have a bias when i make fun of people i'm making fun of everyone that deserves it so um yeah we crossed some lines with some jokes i'm sure for some people if you are a little sensitive <laughs> to some of those things maybe don't tune in but yeah i mean it'll be coming probably by tuesday wednesday we'll have it before the next live stream so you can check that out and yeah we're hoping to do it somewhat regularly we're not getting i'm not getting as much ammo to rip these guys apart these days because all it is is vaccine talk right now but i'm sure i will find something to make fun of because that's what i do <laughs> well it's important again i i no, it's it's I, I find it funny that you said more professional like you can i if i struggle just to keep some coherence and professionality to the show but i do appreciate it but yeah we're looking forward to bringing that out and again i can't stress how important you got to be able to laugh at the same time. Like this is very serious stuff going on, but I mean, if you can get people laughing and talking, then that also has a big impact too. So I think it's important to push out. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, like you said, comedy cuts this. Cause like we can, like I said, I said in that video uh, at one point that like, can everybody that isn't like an extremist, like kind of just agree these restrictions are kind of messed up. Like. <laughs> Like, can we all not get on board with that? Because none of this makes sense. Oh, we're right at that time. It's time to close up the Sunday show. But do we have any topics we missed? I'm just going to go over the board here. I got a lot. There is one thing I wanted to touch out. We'll go under five minutes here, Paul. But Derek Sloan, um, independent now, MP. But he was at the No More Lockdowns rally in Chatham. And he, to me, called out exactly what's going on. And I respected the fact that to hear it from a politician's lips, um, for me, it's kind of like stating the obvious, but again, it was from a politician and it was great to hear because it needs to be said and it needs to be said by public figures. So he went on to say, uh, he goes, the entire system here is breaking down. We are seeing courts. The government is issuing tickets, but they're not letting anybody appeal them. They keep kicking them down the road because they don't want to lose in a charter challenge. And so I, I thought that was that. perfect. Yeah. So I thought he nailed that. Um, and again, if you want to talk about things that don't make sense, our courts are doing Zoom uh, trials, basically. Yeah. And now the government came out and said, yeah, we can't do those anymore because of COVID. How am I a nuisance to the health system when I'm sitting at home by myself? Like, I don't understand what is going on in this country. Mm -hmm. the, well, then that's the Supreme that Court. That's the Supreme Court. So that all that says to me is, yeah, charter challenges aren't going to get there. Well, it's one of the things I think they're intentionally doing is delaying the charter challenges. We saw it with, was it Great, Grace Life? It will, they wouldn't it will let work. them challenge the constitutionality. They delayed the, the time frame for them to be able to do that. I mean, how, how in the heck yeah. can you do that? You bring, hey, you're in violation of this law. Okay, I want to challenge it based on the Constitution. No, we're not going to let you do that. Like, well, they asked for what? scientific evidence and they said, yeah. I don't, I think they were required to provide it, but they like offered Not an yet. extension a couple times. I think yeah. June is like, but it's like their lawyer called it out right away. Like you have the most resources in the entire country yep. and you, I'm ready before you are. Give me a break. Justice delayed is justice denied. John Carpe, president of the CCF said that. 
right? It is, and, and it's, it's true. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, you, there's people that are suffering in these quarantine hotels, for example, who have been sexually assaulted, haven't been fed, have got sick from COVID. It's up for a charter challenge, and we're kicking the can down the road with this crap. Like, people are going to get harmed because of this, and government has all the resources in the world, and you say, well, we can't get it together by then. You know, somebody said it perfectly. They said C10, like Bill C10, is just a symptom of Canadians' attitude towards free speech. And I also feel that it extends a Canadian's attitude towards injustice in general, things within their own country. Like, how are people not outraged at the fact that this is – you don't need to support their view. You just need to support the legal system that this, upholds the fairness for everyone. That's what it's supposed to do. This isn't a, a political – thing anymore it has crossed all lines and it's a very slippery slope that the government in power can just control everything that's said about them including from the opposition so if you want a one government rule support c10 if you don't because because like let's not get it twisted they're gonna abuse the hell out of it we've seen Anytime you give them an inch, they take it a hundred miles. Not even a mile, they take it a hundred miles. And it's and they this will government. undoubtedly do it. And they talk about, well, we have no reason. Why would we ever, you know, govern it in that way? Well, you're already doing it with radio Canadian content. You have to play X amount of Canadian content daily. Otherwise, you can't be on the radio and you get those penalties for it. So you're telling me you're not going to moderate content on the internet if you already are on the radio? You're a liar. And you already have to navigate this quasi world as like an independent broadcaster on these outlets and platforms where like, you can't do this. Oh, you were at a live stream and they played a song that's copyright stricken. Like that's happened to us before. Oh, well, so uh, yeah. you were covering a live event and we heard such and such song in the background. And next thing you know, you're getting struck with a copyright strike. And you're like, really? I'm at a they live could event. Easily, easily just like erase TikTok from Canada just by like, copyright laws they just be like well these don't follow canadian content copyright laws so basically all the american stuff you can't use for tiktoks anymore which would narrow the list down greatly and then they would lose the majority of their following and you're gonna have like crtc officers kind of like the covid people that were looking for like complaints and stuff you're gonna have crtc complainant type people looking for stuff online that doesn't jive with the government's initiative or whatever they deem to be improper and by the way we already have criminal code that protects against hate speech and violence and things like this you can't just go and spout nonsense and say and try to incite violence or things like this so don't get the two mixed this is they're trying to conflate another issue to get you on board there's no no reason to really we already have these laws. There's no reason to put in another one. Like, this is just like the government rubbing their hands together, licking their chops. Yeah, we would love to control what is said about us on the internet. That's what it says to me. And they will have that ability if we let it go. China, so like, Russia, and Canada, baby. That's great company, right? Yeah, like, those aren't exactly the poster boys for, like, freedom. So this isn't a political issue. You need to find um, every... Um, Thing you can sign to send back to the government. I know Pierre, um, conservative, uh, put out uh, a petition. I've signed. I feel like I've signed like seven of them at this point. Everyone that comes across, I'm like, maybe one of these like gets there. Mm. So sign everything you can. There's this is a very very concerning bill. Please do that. Um, we will disappear. 
You know, we will yeah. definitely disappear. I mean, maybe yeah. we're not big enough to be the first guy, <laughs> um, uh, but we're they're just gonna work their way down the pecking order, and we're gonna be one of them. Yeah. So will you? It will affect your day. And like, social media companies are already moderating like hate speech and moderate. Like, they're already do. There's no point to this other than the government in power wants to be able to control the narrative. That's all it is. Yeah. No. And if they get it. I mean, again, I can't stress this is how important this is. Everyone here, you're watching this. We're talking about it. But seriously, even if it's just get on social media, make Bill C-10 trend, make this a political disaster to support for anyone involved. That's at a minimal do that. But, I mean, I need to, you know, do it myself. I can't. We need to start emailing sending letters to these MPs and specifically the leaders of the party that are controlling kind of what their MPs do. Jake, me, don't do this. Like, I mean, if I feel like he might be able to be swayed as much as he probably agrees with a lot of the stuff. If the public backlash was big enough, he'd sway the other way just as quick, I think. And so I would say, you know, yeah, um, definitely send the NDP leader a, a letter saying you don't support this and and uh, if you were a voter before, especially if you were an NDP voter, send them and tell them that and tell them you can't support that. Yeah, we talked about this the other day, but like the NDP is going to lose seats in this next election because they've shown their true colors. And uh, PPC are probably going to win a bunch because they're, they've been the ones that have been speaking up about these issues and been on point for a year now. And people are starting to take notice and... I imagine yeah, we see them win a couple, and I imagine we see new parties in general win a couple in the dynamic shakeup that's bound to happen from people being fed up with the NDP, the liberals, and the conservatives across the entire country. Nobody's really happy with how things are handled, even if they were pro-lockdown. People thought we should have locked down harder at the beginning. They look at Australia and New Zealand. So, I mean, nobody's happy with leadership across the country. There's going to be a fragmentation in the voting, period. And I think there's going to be a lot of new parties that you're going to start seeing kind of get some attention. Uh, Maverick, yeah. Wild Rose Party, PPC, there's a few others. Um, but yeah, A lot of talk about Maverick out west. Yep, yep, there is. But anyways, thank you everybody for joining us. I feel like that's a great place to wrap it up. We can't go too long or we get in trouble from the wives. So that's a great place to end it. Go to DivergeMedia.ca if you can to donate. We also have merch on the way. May 5th, we're going to have t-shirts coming in. If you like the thumbnail we have, that beaver, it's going to be smack. Dead center in a t-shirt. Probably available around May 5th. Look for those. They'll be 35 each. These hats are also 35. Tax included plus shipping. But if we're at an event, uh, we have the merch with us. Send us a message and we'll get that to you shipping and handling free. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm Greg Staley signing off. And I'm Paul Staley. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you next time.